Nine rules for entrepreneurship. We are in disruptive times where it's probably the best opportunity you're ever going to get in our lifetime to be an entrepreneur, to start a business, or to scale a business or to pivot your business into something meaningful, useful, valuable, and scalable. I've been an entrepreneur for 16 years, and it's one of my greatest passions. I don't take time off because I think you take time off from things you don't enjoy or things that tire you. And um, generally, people don't get tired doing what they love to do. I have seven companies. I've written 18 business and property related books. I don't want to do my whole long CV here. You probably know enough about me. But I just wanted to let you know that I feel relatively qualified, though still a humble student of entrepreneurship, to give you some rules of entrepreneurship. I think I currently have over 150 employed people in my companies. And we've navigated our way through COVID and lockdown and Brexit and all the governmental... (laughs) And we're still going and growing. So the first rule I'm going to share with you on entrepreneurship is understanding value. And value must always come first. And what value is, is something that's useful to someone else that they would pay money for or recommend you as a referral. So you've probably got a product or service or idea that's meaningful, useful, disruptive. It's a service or a solution. And this is ultimately what entrepreneurship is. It's you taking the risk to start the business, to create the value yourself. Now, I don't really like the definition that you're given in the dictionary for entrepreneurship. Take the risk in the hope of profit. I don't think hope is a strategy. Hope doesn't pay any bills. But we do take risks. And well, the thing is, I always say at the end of all my episodes, thousands of videos and podcasts. And I'll say at the end of this one, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. So I guess risk is a perception. And to most people, starting a business or being an entrepreneur is risky. Well, I I might not get my mortgage paid. I might not get my bills and my direct debits covered. I might go bust. I might lose. But to me, it's always been a greater risk not to be an entrepreneur because I'm not very good with authority and I, I have a creative urge inside of me to have freedom and speed and agility, which only being an entrepreneur and running your own business can give you. Full responsibility with you, but full upside with you too. Now, whenever something isn't going your way, let's say you're not making the money you want to make or your margin isn't great or you're not getting enough leads or enough customers or you've had some disruptions or some legal issues or you've got some critics, trolls and haters online or whatever the challenge you've got, you've got stock stuck Um, you got shut down by the government, (laughs) then the solution is always value. So with the increased cost of living and massive inflation, you've got to increase the value over and above 
the inflationary cost to you. So let's just say for ease, inflation is 10%. You've got to create 11% more value so you can charge 11% more so you can have a 1% increase in fees. It's not quite as um, binary and as exact as that. But the reason I talk about value as the core word for entrepreneurship is whenever things aren't going your way or you want them to be better, start with how can I provide more value? What more can I do? What better can I do? What faster can I do? What easier can I do? What more convenient can I do? What more useful can I do? What bigger can I do? What better can I do? Because what most people do is go, oh, well, the government they shut me down and lockdown and COVID and Brexit and war and Putin and Boris and fuck them all. <laughs> and I get that because I, I can agree with some of that. But the thing is, that's never going to change. Never going to change. Um, it's funny because actually I won't timestamp this episode because I was just going to say something about what's going on in the world, but then this won't be evergreen. So I won't. Sorry for the tease there. So uh, it, don't get bitter, get better and always look at how you can create more value. So when lockdown happened, I went to online courses and I had to offer more for less because that is the demand for online. Because when it's face to face, you've got the, the food, the networking, the energy of connection and community. You haven't got that online. So the information itself doesn't have all those extra perks. So it's essentially lower value, you know, unit by unit. So I had to offer more information at lower cost. So I had to double the information to just justify the same cost. So I had to create more value and also speed of connection and delivery globally. So the first rule of entrepreneurship is it's always value first. And instead of looking for other people to solve your problems, look at how you can create more value and be meaningful, useful and serve and solve and meet a need and disrupt and create evolution and revolution. So that leads me to the second of my nine rules of entrepreneurship. The purpose of entrepreneurship is not profit. The outcome and the result is profit. So, you know, you hear sometimes some of the billionaires. Oh, well, it's not about the money. Well, they would say that they've got billions. Anyone could say it's not about the money when they've already got billions. If you're, anyone can. So the only, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go off on some tangential rants here just for the hell of it. Why not? So, you know, the only two people that say that, um, you know, it's not about the money are broke people and billionaires. <laughs> well, broke people wouldn't know because they ain't got any money and they should make it about the money and then they won't be broke. And billionaires would say that because they already got billions. So I would agree, though, that the purpose of being an entrepreneur and running a business isn't profit. That's the reward, the result and the outcome. And purpose and outcome are different. And you need to not get confused with those. So the purpose of a business is to solve a problem, meet a need. It's to fix something, make something quicker, easier, faster, more convenient, like I said before. And then your reward for doing it it's profit. And by the way, if you don't get profit, it's a hobby or a charity. So you're allowed your reward. So profit is the result. But the purpose is something more meaningful, like a mission or a vision or a disruption or an idea or a better product or service or solution. OK, the third rule of entrepreneurship, then, is you've got to meet these in the middle with your buyers, your clients. And that's by creating fair exchange. So fair exchange is where 
I create a product or service that you think is useful and you want to pay for. You pay me an amount of money I think is fair and I can make profit in. That's fair exchange. And you'll have a sweet spot of fair exchange where there's gratitude on both sides. So if you're grateful to pay me because you get value and I'm grateful to serve you and produce for you because I make profit, that's fair exchange. The sweet spot of optimum gratitude where optimum profit and optimum value also lie. So if you think that, you know, you get those concentric circle Venn diagrams, you've got like a circle, a circle and a circle, which almost look like a pyramid connected together. Circle at the top, circle, bottom left, circle, bottom, bottom right. And, you know, they move into this sweet spot. Well, the sweet spot in the, in the middle is fair exchange. Gratitude from the seller, gratitude from the buyer, maximum value for the buyer, maximum profit for the seller. And unfair exchange is unsustainable. And fair exchange is sustainable and scalable. And fair exchange means it's not a hobby. It's a business and you can make profit. And also you're solvent and not insolvent. But also um, the consumer, the client, the buyer gets maximum benefit and utility. So unfair exchange can go both ways. And by the way, I see many entrepreneurs who are either extreme. I don't know if you can relate to either of these. On the one hand, if you've got unfair exchange in your favor, the producer, the entrepreneur, that means you make too much money, you charge too much, or you don't offer enough value. And what you get is you um, gain more and they lose. And short term, that can be sustained through a scheme or a scam or inaccurate or unfair pricing. But in the end, it'll become a Ponzi and in the end, it'll all fall apart. You know, think of Enron. Think of all the big schemes and scams that, you know, think of Madoff that lasted for long. But in the end, they always come unstuck. So if you charge too much or don't give, give enough value, that's unfair exchange in your favor. But if you charge too little and you give too much, the, of course, the client, the consumer's happy, the buyer, oh, look at this, I've got an iPhone for a tenner. Woohoo! Can I buy one? Get one free. But what'll happen is you won't be able to sustain profit. You won't be scalable. You'll go negative margin. You'll go bust. You'll be insolvent. So fair exchange is the absolute vital environment for a successful business and for an entrepreneur. And it's always a moving target. And by the way, it's not linked to price. People think it's linked to price. It's not linked to price. Why is it not linked to price? Because you can pay. £20 for a digital watch and it can be cheap and break and you can think you've been ripped off. Or you can pay £150,000 for a beautiful Patek Philippe and feel like it's a bargain that you're going to give to your children's children's children. So we want value and we will pay for value and we can pay something so small and feel like we get ripped off or we can pay a lot and feel like we've got good value. So remember, don't get stuck duck into, oh, you know, I've got to offer a lower price. You don't really want to be in a race to the bottom, low price war. It's not the best kind of business to be in if you can help it. Okay, the fourth thing then of the nine rules of entrepreneurship are that you take risks, but I don't see that as a risk. I see it as a bigger risk not to start a business. But what you do risk is failure, breakage, competition, being wiped out by someone else. You know, if you're in a job and it's relatively safe and somewhere in the middle, you know, you're probably not going to be wiped out by competition. You're probably not going to be disrupted. 
But you're probably not going to be usurped. But if you're an entrepreneur, you could be. And that's your risk. So you've got to remain useful, evolve, strive to be better, strive to disrupt. And that really is the risk. To me, starting a business or launching a product or service, that's not the risk. It's a bigger risk not to. I think I might have said that three or four times, just making the point. Okay, then the fifth rule of entrepreneurship then is revolution and evolution. So evolution is natural human progress. It is us finding a faster, easier, better way and us slowly over time genetically changing to adapt and essentially through our DNA memorize these improvements to react to our environment. I said that in probably a very non-scientific way, but maybe that's good because I'm not a scientist. I'm an entrepreneur. So you must always evolve as an entrepreneur. The more you learn, the more you earn. You're green, you grow, you ripe, you rot. And I could churn out another load of soundbite quotes for you if you want, but you get the picture. So you're either growing or dying. You are never staying the same. <laughs> and so make sure that you're always learning. You're always getting feedback from your staff, from your clients. You're always looking at the market, understanding your competition and making sure that there's always continual progress. And that is an ongoing thing forever. Every day's a school day. There's a lesson in everything and every stressing hides a blessing. Every downside has an upside. But there's also revolution. So evolution is the slow, steady progress of humanity and revolution is something hard and disruptive. Could be a war, could be a massive competitor launch, could be you've stumbled on a unicorn idea that's going to change the world. Could be all number of things. And, you, you know, revolutions happen. Revolutions happen every decade. They can happen every 100 years. They can happen every 200 years. Empires are, start with a revolution and they might last 100 or 200 years and then bang. There's another revolution. So revolution and evolution are part of being an entrepreneur. And really, your launch of your product or service should be somewhat of a revolution. I mean, the iPhone was a revolution, absolute revolution. So embracing revolution and evolution, but knowing that you can't have revolution all day, every day, because that's evolution. Now, by the way, sometimes to evolve, you have to go back to go forward. You have to make the same mistake four or five times. Um, sometimes, you know, you need the lesson because you haven't got it the last 58 times. So sometimes just getting through the day or going through a culling or a thinning or a, um, a downsizing. It's all part of evolution. It's all part of the, the reset, the preparation for improvement. OK, number six of nine rules of entrepreneurship is to create distribution and leverage. So distribution is reach and leverage is scale and multiplication. Distribution is also scale. So Steve Jobs designs the iPhone. He, he could probably sell one to his mom and one to his dog. No distribution. So distribution is social media, the internet, your supply chains, your shipping channels, your trade routes. Distribution is how many people, how far and wide you can get your products and services. This is distribution. And this can happen through partnerships and collaborations. Do you know that um, Netflix used Amazon Web Server? And they chose to use a third-party web server, and Amazon happened to have massive distribution. So that's leverage and distribution in two-in-one. 
Leverage of Amazon's server, distribution through Amazon's network. So distribution can be through partnerships, collaborations, can be through social media, can be through subscribers to your email database, the millions of followers you may or may not have. But the, the greater your distribution, the greater your reach into revenue and your impact into income. Why is it that these YouTubers can get more pay-per-views and make more money than professional boxers? You know, Logan Paul, Jake Paul, KSI, because they have more distribution. They can sell 10 times the pay-per-view of the best boxer in the world because they have more distribution. And distribution creates leverage, but it's not just distribution. So leverage is scale. Leverage is force multiplication. So force multiplication is one needle mover that is more powerful than the next 10 or 50 other competitors. Leverage is the internet and fiber optics. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 phones, a Shure SMB, two laptops. Um, so I'm just developing version 2.0 of my home studio, which I built after COVID. And so once I've got my 12 phones and all my home studio operational, like the Death Star, I will become more powerful and I'll have more leverage and more distribution so I can grow my brand, so I can get more. If I grow my brand, I get more followers, more impact into income, more influence. If I have more followers and listeners, I attract more sponsors and advertisers. If I attract more sponsors and advertisers, I attract more money, I have more money to invest. I invest in assets to produce recurring income. I take the income. I invest in growing my distribution and leverage and partnerships and collaborations, and it creates this virtuous effect. Okay, number seven then is a company is essentially an ecosystem. It's a culture. It's a cell dividing. Um, so an ecosystem needs communication. Cells need to communicate. Human beings need to communicate. Fiber optics communicate. So communication, connection, and people are part of an ecosystem. So make sure you remember that. Even if you're work from home, even if you're outsourcers and virtual assistants, you still need an ecosystem. And an ecosystem needs a culture, and a culture is down to communication, connection, and people. So a lot of people are, oh, I want to be autonomous. I want to be a SaaS business. I don't want people. I hate people. I like machines. I like computers. I don't like people. And every business is still a people business, even if you are mostly systemized or you're a software as a service or whatever. So just remember that you're still a culture, an ecosystem. And with all this work from home, oh, I worry about this work from home shit. But that's another rant for another time. Okay, number eight of my nine rules of entrepreneurship. Are you ready for number eight? You want a quick summary? Number one, always value first. Make sure you create something meaningful, useful, a service, a solution. Quicker, easier, faster, more convenient. Number two is the pro profit is not the purpose of being an entrepreneur. It's the reward or the result. The purpose is a meaningful mission and a useful product or service that is useful, valuable, convenient for as many people as possible. The third rule is you've got to create the fair exchange environment. The fourth rule is that you take risks, but I see risk as not being an entrepreneur rather than being an entrepreneur, otherwise it wouldn't be one. But there are risks of being an entrepreneur you don't get being employed, like disruption, being wiped out by competitors, etc. Number five is evolution and revolution. So evolution is the continual learning and development and getting stronger through um, testing and iterations and improvement and failure and feedback. And revolution are those decade or those hundred year absolutely disruptive things that smash 
the status quo, when the iPhone comes in and just completely changes the game, when the battery-powered car comes in and completely changes the game, when the internet comes in and completely changes the game. And if you can jump on one or two or even three of those revolutions in your lifetime, you could be a billionaire, Rodney. Number seven is remember that a company is an ecosystem and in an ecosystem you have communication, connection and people, don't forget that, with all this work from home and system software and automation. Okay, number eight then, you're not gonna like this rule, but it's the truth. I'm not here to sugarcoat it, I'm here to give you a dose of reality. Shit covered candy, not sugar coated candy. And that is your reward for solving a problem is a bigger one. Every new level reveals a new devil because evolution never stops. It's not like um, nature goes, yeah, Rob's a perfect human being now. No challenges left to give Rob, no growth for Rob. Rob is a perfect specimen of a human being. He has conquered evolution. He has completed the mission of evolution. We can all stop. It's not how life is. Not how life is. Your reward for solving a problem is a bigger one. Every new level, new devil. And so every challenge you've got is really just readying you for the bigger next one and the bigger next one and the bigger next one and the bigger next one. And it never ends. And there is no end. When will it ever be enough, Rob? When is, when is enough money? And when can I just retire? And when will the problems just stop? Never. So getting used to that and understanding that and knowing that's the reality, not fighting nature, but dancing with nature. Too many people don't understand the rules of nature and they're fighting with nature. I just want it to be easier. I just want to be on a beach in my bikini. Ah, fucking problems. Problems are opportunities. Problems are next levels. That is how it is being an entrepreneur. Get used to it. Nothing is ever easy. It's not meant to be easy. Easy now, hard later. Hard now, easy later. All right, and then the ninth rule for entrepreneurship is you have to let go to grow. Really, being an entrepreneur is finding a useful product or service, a solution, a disruption, something that'll make people's lives easier, faster, and better, and then creating a product, a service, or a solution that aligns with a value and a passion that you have, that you feel that it's meaningful to do, that you could enjoy it and pursue it for you know many years and want to build it and improve it and get a sense of purpose from it. And then creating this mission and this vision and bringing a team together to build this thing that you're building. And then, and this is the important bit, delegating all the lower level or weakness areas so that you can focus on your main mission. And that is letting go to grow. So if you're doing admin minutiae or areas of business that you are not in flow with, you don't like, you don't enjoy, and you're not good at, then you're not delegating or prioritizing well enough. Now, look, remember, there's always a new challenge. So let's say you clear on your mission, your vision, your strengths, your weaknesses, what you love to do, what you don't, and you figured out a way that you can work on certain tasks and feel fulfilled towards a meaningful vision and mission, and you can outsource everything else, and you've got your outsources and your staff and everything and your systems and processes in place, and ah, perfect, look at me. I've got the perfect work-life balance. I'm on a mission, baby, and I love life. My passion is my profession. My vocation is my vacation. And then bang, fuck. One of your staff members leaves and sets up in competition or there's a fucking lockdown or Boris and Vlad and Joe ruin the fucking world. Ah! This is how it is. Because all of these are linked together. 
So you have to let go to grow. You have to transcend smaller problems. You have to hire people to do the admin and the smaller, lower value, lower revenue generating tasks so you can transcend to your new level. And there is no end to your new level. The only reward for transcending a level is a bigger level, which is harder for you. Like when you play computer games, you complete level one, you know level two is going to be harder. And you know the big boss is going to be a bastard and you're going to lose a couple of lives. And the, but there's just infinite levels in the game, the, the game of business and entrepreneurship. And I fucking love that about business and entrepreneurship. Anyway, I'm sweating now because I, I got a bit into this. So let me know what you think. Um, wherever you can comment, get engaged. Come and hang out with me in other places, not just here. Come vibe with me. Come and engage with me. So summary, nine rules of entrepreneurship. Number one, it's all about value. You want more money? Create more value. You want to get rid of your problems? Create more value and make something that's meaningful, useful, that serves and solves, that is quicker, easier, faster, more convenient, etc. for as many people as possible. Rule number two is to remember that the purpose of um, being an entrepreneur in business is not profit, it's the reward. So don't, don't be monomaniacally focused on the profit, but don't be monomaniacally focused on the product, both are important because if you don't manage your profit and loss on your balance sheet and your numbers, then you can have a great product, but you go bust burning all the money. So that these are all quite importantly linked together. So the purpose of being an entrepreneur is not profit. It is the reward. And by the way, as an entrepreneur, the upsides are virtually limitless and as they should be because you take greater risk. But remember, the purpose of a business is a viable, meaningful solution for maximum numbers of people, something that's useful and valuable, and your reward for doing it is profit, limitless profit. Number three of nine rules of entrepreneurship is to remember to create fair exchange. Fair exchange is the sweet spot where you make maximum profit, so you're sustainable and scalable, and they get maximum value so that they're grateful and they'll refer people and tell people about your product or service. That's the sweet spot. And if you charge too much or give too little, unfair exchange in your favor. If you give too much and charge too little, unfair exchange in their favor. Okay, number four is take risks by um, trying to be better, more disruptive, quicker than your competitors and risk the fact that you could get wiped out. Number five, remember that every decade or 15 or 20 or 30 or 50 or 100 years, there's going to be a revolution. And if you can be at the start of it, you could be a billionaire. But remember, generally, though, it's evolution. The slow, steady improvement through iteration, mistakes, feedback, and weeding out of the weak. So maybe you need evolution in your staffing. Maybe you need evolution in some of your ideas. The weeding out of the weak. Okay, number six is creating distribution and leverage through channels and partnerships and collaborations. Number seven, remember that a company is an ecosystem. Communication, connection, and people create a culture. Number eight, your reward for solving a problem is a bigger one. Every new level, there's a new devil. And number nine, you have to let go to grow. Learn, earn, invest, repeat for multiple streams of recurring digital income. Go join Rob.team right now. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed my nine rules of entrepreneurship. I'll see you on the other side. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.